to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to our podcast. Wow, we're just about at 300 podcasts now, and uh, it's been a great trip, and we've got a lot more to come. Hey, do you know how to woo a woman, guys? Woo, 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 woo. It's not about running out in the jungle and doing that. Remember uh, Sympathy for the Devil, the Stones? Woo, woo. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. I don't think that would work with most modern women, but you never know. They might go for the whole kind of uh, jungle boy caveman act. You never know. These days, everything is so crazy and wacky. You never know. Our special guest today is going to be Patrick Wu of the Wuist uh, website and the Wuist Tao of wooing. And he's going to talk to us about being the best you can be for the guys and how to meet great women and how to present yourself in the best way possible. This is guys, guys radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. It all started with my novel, the guys, guys guide to love about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. Since then we've developed my website, Robert Manny, M A N N I.com where I blog. There's over 300 blog posts there on everything that has to do with life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And the website begot Guys Guys Radio. And uh, we have writers. We have relationship coaches. We have dating experts. We have wellness experts. We have spiritual teachers. We have channelers. We have psychics. All kinds of stuff really trying to open up the envelope for today's modern man and for women also to understand kind of what the guys go through what their journey is in today's wacky world i hope you like the show i hope you subscribe to it on itunes and rate us and review us and also we're on you can listen to podcasts as you know anytime you want so you can listen on itunes you can listen on blog talk radio stitcher and TuneIn radio and of course you can catch me your guys guy robert manny all over social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my website, YouTube, and there'll be lots more content coming out. So anyhow, thanks so much for being here. Um, how are you doing with your summer? Long, hot summer. Took a while to get here, but uh, summer months, particularly in New York City, they're hot, they're sweaty, but they're fun. Um, let me ask you this. How's your New Year's resolution going? Long gone, probably. You know how it is where everybody runs to the gym and signs up in January. I advised my wife against it. She did so anyhow. And of course she's only gone a couple of times, but that's the way it goes. Um, you know, new year's resolutions. I know it's a crazy time to be talking about them, but you know, the idea is to uh, develop a daily practice. Really daily practices are keys in my opinion, are keys for transformation. I'll give you an example. I started doing this workout. Um, Dan Millman, the guy who wrote uh, the life of the peace journey of the peaceful warrior. He has another book called everyday enlightenment. And within the book, there's a, what's called the uh, peaceful four minute peaceful warrior workout. It's a series of 15 moves. And he suggests to make them a habit that it takes about 35 days in a row to make something a habit. I've been doing it for about three or four months now. And so it is a habit and I love it. And if I can't find time to do any of the type of workout during the day, I can always find, you know, five to eight minutes to do this. It's called the Peaceful Warrior four-minute workout. 
And it, it gives you like do each one of these movements three or four times. I do them 12, 15 times because it's, once you start doing it, you can. And it's not like I'm not being a hero by doing it that amount of times. But these twisting and stretching movements you certainly can uh, do with uh, do double digits on all of them. And it makes a big difference for your vitality, uh, for sustaining for sustaining weight loss, um, for opening up your chi and your creative energy. But that's that's a daily practice that can transform you. And it's transforming me in a good way. So thank you, Dan Millman. And with that, Dan Millman, I'm going to call you the guy's guy's guy of the week. What's a guy's guy? Well, it's like a modern day man's man, but not so. It's not macho. A guy's guy has casual confidence, uh, strength, but an unassuming strength. Seductive type of integrity. Integrity is important, and it's and so uh, hard to find nowadays. Uh, emotional intelligence, of course, which is uh, a characteristic that women look for in guys. Uh, style, you got to have some timeless style, uh, not be a chaser, uh, but to set your own tone, march to your own drummer, and also to have a good time, to have fun, because uh, life is a, is a fun sport. So, um, but getting back to daily practices for a moment and New Year's resolutions, you can make a resolution anytime. It doesn't have to be New Year's, but the key is just stick with it, do something every day. And you'll find that over time, it really makes a huge difference uh, because you'll, you'll lock it into almost like a muscle memory thing. I've developed something that I'm going to talk about during my Guys, Guys, Guide segment, which is called the Process of Elimination Diet. And I, I, I developed it. And basically what it does is it uh, eliminates something to eat uh, every week. And I made myself the kind of lab rat for this thing. So I'll report in on how I'm doing in mid-year with this. And what the results have been. And it's very surprising. I'm pleasantly surprised at what's happened and pleasantly surprised at uh, how much I'm enjoying the process and how much fun it can be. So anyhow, here we are, Guys Guys Radio. Um, Let's do this. Let's take a very quick break. And then we're going to bring out our special guest, Patrick Wu. I'm going to ask my opera singing friend and guest, Raiga Yagmani, Raika, actually, Ragmani, uh, Yagmani, she's in San Francisco, and every time I, I give her a shout out and pronounce her name, I, I do it incorrectly. So sorry, Raika. But anyhow, I'm giving you your props here. She's going to sing us into our break and tell you what you're listening to. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. Let's talk about love. Let's talk about how to connect with women in this crazy time. You know, we've got Me Too. We've got women uh, getting their long overdue, beginning to get their long overdue recognition for all the terrific work they've done. You've got men who were, they were confused before Me Too. Now you've got Me Too on top of that. They need to learn to listen. We can get a, we can do a whole show on Me Too. Uh, And also, Men are kind of caught in the crosshairs because there, a lot of them aren't sure who they are and what their expe- expectations are on them. You know, some of the young guys, some of the millennials, they're kind of caught between the MMA and manscaping. They're not sure which way to go. And if you look at our culture and our media, you know, it's you can either be big brash guy or be very, uh, you know, in touch with your feminine side. And I say that in a positive way. And how do you do something where you're kind of in between and you have a nice balance going on there? Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, 
guys are getting really angry and aggressive in some ways, or they're just shutting down. So it's a crazy time to be a man. But we've got an expert, Patrick Wu, and he's going to help us. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's got a one-of-a-kind style when it comes to dating and relating. He's got a unique voice uh, that's echoed throughout our country and all countries all over the world as he develops his business. And he's uh, one of the fastest rising and unique dating coaches out there within this field. And he keeps growing. And he's also a podcast host of The Wooist. And I, I'm hoping to be a guest on there. And he brings his wealth of knowledge with him on each and every podcast that he does, along with a bunch of dating coaches. His own uh, comedic and easy-to-understand perspective on the topic of dating relationships is something we can all relate to. And he's been through a lot. He conducts training and coaching workshops for his company, Wooist. Woo! Rick Flair. Woo! And he can be found on his website, wooist.com, W-O-O-I-S-T. And uh, let's bring him on right now to Guys Guys Radio, Patrick Wu. Hello there. Hey, Robert. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Well, thanks for being on Guys Guys Radio. Uh, I love the work you're doing, and uh, and you were very uh, nice and professional. You, yes, you contacted me and gave me a really good package of stuff, and I, I like what you're doing, so let's get right into it. Kind of what inspired you? to uh, do what you're doing and kind of how, what is your kind of special sauce, Patrick, that separates you from a lot of the other uh, dating coaches out there? And what is your specialty? Yeah, well, that was, that was a really loaded question, but I'll do my best here. Okay. Well, I, I first kind of started out, um, I'm not sure about, about uh, other guys, but for me, when I went on this one date a long time ago when I was in college, I remember taking this woman to this place called Chipotle Burrito. And I remember going yeah. to this uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, it must be a good place. And all my friends Everybody are recommending knows. it to me. <laughs> Chipotle's everywhere, right? Yeah, Chipotle's everywhere. I was like, okay, well, might as, might as well take my first date ever to Chipotle. And I took her to the Chipotle date. And I remember on the date I was constantly thinking, you know, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do on this date. Like, am I supposed to kiss her after I eat a burrito? Am I supposed to, eat, like, kiss her after I, I walk her to her dorm room and then just kind of wait there? Like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And I remember standing, like, like uh, driving her back to her, her dorm room. And I was standing right there. I was hoping that something would happen. But all I could think of in that moment was tell her, hey, I really, really like you. And she just kind of said to me, oh, well, Patrick, that's really nice of you to say that, but I don't really see you in that way. Can we still be just friends? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I kind of walked off. And I remember thinking, wow, I really don't want to feel like that again, or I want to figure this thing out. And for the last eight years, that's what I've been kind of doing. And, and that one moment, I, I'm sure a lot of guys have experienced something like that, where it just kind of, where it kind of like took them on a you know on a, a on a whirlwind, and they're like, I, I want to look for some answers. Now I'm kind of curious. I mean, do you have anything like that at all, Robert? Where where you kind of experience that kind of rejection? Well, sure. Uh, in my dating career, if you will, I I got a lot of rejection, as I think most guys. But you know, you have to be in the game to uh, you got to be in it to win it. And part of uh, part of the response you're going to get from women is. Uh, you're going to get some no's and you're going to get some yeses and you're going to get, you're going to get some friend zoning and uh, friend zoning to me, uh, maybe it's a contrarian view is I don't think it's a bad thing because you're still in it with, if a woman puts you in the friend zone, she's not, you know, so she's not interested in you at all. And she, 
and she's sincere about putting you in the friend zone. Friend zone is a respected place that you could be her friend. Maybe she needs more time to get to know you. Maybe she just want to be friends. Maybe she has hot girlfriends that she'll introduce you to. And uh, maybe you'll get to know her. And then you'll realize, like, you know what? I just want to be friends with her uh, now that I've gotten to know her. Or I'm not that interested in her, in her anyhow. And I'm glad we didn't date. So, you know, you have to look at it a, 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 a perspective, a dater, a date, if you will, in my opinion, as a human being first. Do I want them in my life? And if this person is inviting you into her friendship zone, that's an invitation uh, that makes you kind of special in a way, even though it sounds like, well, I want to be rumpling the sheets with her. You know, that's not necessarily going to happen, though it could happen. But you're not going to get anywhere if you reject her overture for friendship. So she asks you to be friends. Yeah. okay, let's be friends. Cool. Now you can start doing some stuff with her. You can, and maybe over time she'll see like, this guy's pretty cool. And he handled that pretty well. What's wrong with me? And there might be some interest level there. And he might become a, meaning you, a a reference point for some of the issues she might be going through while she dates other guys. And maybe she'll have a moment where she says, wow, this guy I put in the friend zone, he might actually be the one. Now that would all be the best case scenario. It may never happen. But to me, I never reject when somebody offers to be my friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's a great perspective. And, and I like what you said because I really kind of see that point of view uh, as well, where I like to see people as human beings first and then everything else they can, you know, and who knows how, how you might fit because, you know, you're right. Like maybe sometimes after spending time together, you realize, you know what, maybe this really isn't, a kind of you know kind of more romantic relationship that I'm going to have this more romantic type of mm-hmm. uh, between me and you. Maybe this isn't going to be like a sexual relationship. Maybe this is, well, you kind of develop it after spending some time with each other. And a lot of times, from what I've seen, is that people kind of know um, if they really look at how they both feel, they they both kind of kind of know uh, what kind of relationship it's going to be. So. So, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm not really too concerned. You know, I'm kind of just open to all possibilities. Maybe she might be a friend. Maybe she might be, you know, a, a coworker. Maybe, she, like, like in the future, uh, or right. she can help me with different opportunities. And, and I guess I just don't really – a long time ago, and, and I know a lot of guys, they really fret on the idea of, like, oh, I never want to be friend-zoned ever. i got to fix this. And if it ever happens, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm really terrible at this. And, and they kind of – create this, this whole idea around it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, to me, I, 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 I welcome it if, if it does happen sometimes. So let's talk a little bit about um, what's going on out there and then how you counsel guys. So what's your take on uh, the current state of the dating landscape? What's going on there with men? What's going on there with women? What are guys doing right and wrong? What are women doing right and wrong? That's a packed question, so take your time. Yeah, well, I know, well, if you've been kind of paying attention to everything that's happening, you know, including the Me Too, including, you know, uh, everyone's take on on how dating is supposed to be, how men and women are supposed to be, there's a lot of noise out there. And and now I'm not going to, I'm not very, I'm not a one to, to really kind of comment on the situation because, you know, there, there's a lot and, and I, and it's, it's kind of, kind of like drowning me as well. But, but this is what I do know, and that is whenever guys, and, and this is also women, whenever anyone 
thinks a lot about, oh, wait, is, is this acceptable? Can I, can I be like this? Can I be like that? That in itself is going to take you out from being at your best, that alone. Now, I, I talk to some guys, and, and some of these guys will say, you know, oh, man, I really don't want to be, be filed by some kind of, like, harassment lawsuit, or I don't, really don't want to have, uh, you know, angry women get angry at me. So I'm just going to try to be uh, kind of safe. I'll try to kind of appeal to everyone's sides. And I don't think that's such a great idea personally because when we don't express our individuality, we don't express who we are in the moment, it's, we're, we're kind of taking away the best parts of ourselves. And the best parts of ourselves come through when we have less on our minds. So that's kind of like what I, I, I personally think. Now, I can't really comment on all the situ- social situations, but I know that as a human being, that I and a lot of people, well, I'll say mo- um, almost everyone, does better when they don't have this, how do I act right now as a guy? How do I act appropriately? So I'm not sure if I'm give, giving good advice right now, but I, all I know is that I get really caught up when I, when I think too much. So what are your thoughts on that, Robert? Okay. Um, my opinion, you know, quote, unquote, angry women be angry. So if you you know there's angry women, there's angry men, and if they're angry, sure. they're angry. You know what? Don't date yeah. angry people. Uh, that's number one. Um, number yeah. two, uh, my advice to guys is always be yourself. Uh, if you're a good guy and you're a gentleman, you should be okay. You don't need a contract to get a kiss. Um, that, that mm. People are overthinking. Dating is uh, should be a fun sport. So go out there, be yourself, mm. be a man in the best sense of the word. And uh, women, that, that's what women, in my opinion and my experience and what all the experts have told me is women are looking for real guys. They're looking for guys, guys. And uh, that's uh, so guys can just be themselves, be authentic. Now, that they have to be gentlemen, too. But mean, being a good guy is being a good guy. That doesn't mean, uh, you know, no means no. And it doesn't mean you have entitlement and you have to be realistic also. To me, there's a lot of guys who uh, sit around looking at, women's butts on Instagram and they think, you know, that's what they deserve. And a lot of times they're sitting at home drinking beer, watching the Mets game. And, uh, you know, you gotta, if you want something like that, you gotta, you gotta put an effort in. You have to, you have to ask yourself, uh, my opinion, Patrick is, you know, everybody needs to, who's dating particularly ask yourself, who am I, what do I want and what do I have to offer? Uh, and I don't think a lot of people take the time to be circumspect about their approach to dating. Now, when you're dealing with uh, men, what do you find? Let's just, we'll keep this to like one simple question at a time then. What, sure. what do you find is the biggest issue that men have that you need to help them overcome? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great question. Now, now what I'm going to say might be a little different than most dating coaches. And what I think most people have to overcome is their human condition. Like most people don't see like how human being works. So because they're always kind of battling internally, they can't really express who they are to women or, or other people. And, and when, when people kind of see, when they start to see the, the insightfully, like who they are as human beings already from the from the very beginning like like for instance like human beings think human beings experience emotion um and, and when they start kind of battling themselves when they start enjoying themselves more 
uh, a lot of the dating stuff just kind of, for me, from what I've seen, kind of fixes itself. And and they, they they're they're kind of a, they stop scaring themselves from their own experiences. So so I'll give you an example. Uh, like a lot a lot of guys will come up to me and talk to me. You know I'm I have this thing called approach anxiety. I have this thing, I have like uh, low confidence issues, and all of that is just happening in their own minds. Them tricking themselves that they have this very thing. So I'm trying to convince people. Hey, actually, uh, you're just kind of psyching yourself out and. Sucking yourself out from this entire dating game. That's that's a great point. Let's just flip it, uh, flip the script a little bit. First of all, you usually work with guys, right? Yes. Okay. So, what from their perspective, what is their biggest complaint about women? Uh, their biggest complaint about women. Uh, well, they're, a lot of their the complaints about women is that uh, they don't they don't call them back. That that's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the biggest complaint is that um, they uh, well I, I guess I guess they they don't they, they they feel like they do a lot and they, women don't re- they don't reciprocate back to them. And why do they think that is? And why do you if you if you agree or disagree? Why do you think it is? If that's is that true and is that the case? And if that's the case, why do they think that the women aren't uh, getting back to them? I would say. And there was an old, there was a book that came out in the nineties. It became a huge bestseller and then it became a movie and it was called, she's just not, he's just not that into you. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people have difficulty, their egos have difficulty dealing with the fact that, you know, you can't control how other people feel and you kind of can't control how you feel. What you have to do is kind of manage your feelings but if you're going to feel something, you're going to feel something. There's nothing wrong with feeling. That's part of being human. But you can't control other people. So if somebody, and ultimately, if you break it down, if somebody's not calling you back and somebody's not showing interest in you, that, that means they're probably not that interested in you. And yeah. if that's the case, why would you want to be with somebody who doesn't find the same, who doesn't value you the way you value yourself? If you don't value yourself, then you keep keep chasing like that. Now, we've all been there, and it's understandable because you see something like, I want her, and for whatever reasons. But I think think men need to be a little more circumspect about that. What's your take, Patrick? I I, I completely agree with you on that, Robert. Like, I think a lot of people, a lot lot of men will spend so much time or so much time fixating on this one particular situation. So they'll think – Okay, well, I want this one woman because she, she had, she said yes, she said hello to me, which means that she must like me, which means I now must pursue her, even though she's giving me all these signs of she doesn't want to see me, and and, and when when people do that, all of a sudden they're wasting a bunch of time when they can meet someone else that will reciprocate that those exact feelings that they that they have for them, and I, I remember one time, I was I was. Uh, talking to this one woman and and this one woman I was like hey let's go on a date she's like yeah 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 let's go on a date and it's like oh I can't do it this week how about next week okay sure how about and then the next week would come by I'm like hey you want to get together like oh no I actually can't do it anymore how about one month from now okay let's get in touch I'll give you a call in a month and then in a month comes oh no I'm actually really busy oh this happened and then after like five months of like doing this I finally went on a date with her I was like oh great that's awesome we should do this again she's like yeah let's do this again 
And then you know, next week, next week comes back. She's like, oh, I'm really busy. Oh, no, let's call me back in a month. And then later I was like, wow, I wasted an entire time, all this time, trying to go on this one date right. when, when I was like, that was a lot of wasted time when I could have met someone else in that time. So um, do you think this is an endemic situation with, you know, women are like kind of like disrespecting guys or this is just specific things that you hear from men because women have said kind of the same thing. Like, oh, we went on a date and then I never heard from him again. And the guy got ghosted. What's your sense about that? I mean, you know, behavior needs to be reciprocal. And what it's interesting because what you're saying about, you know, how men are perceiving women women have always said that about men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think for both sides, you know, both people are kind of, uh, um, they're, they're kind of afraid of rejection or they, they're, they're also afraid of dishing out rejection. So for a lot of, a lot of women, when I talk to women, they will always kind of tell me, you know, I really don't want to hurt his feelings. And, and women are, and guys are the same way. Guys are like, well, you know, I don't want to have to, tell her that I'm not interested in her. So I'm just going to take the route where I'm going to slowly fade away in the background and hopefully she gets the hints. <laughs> and and <laughs> I, I know. Think, I think just kind of, they're just kind of afraid of like just, just saying like uh, being kind of like more like what you, what you would call the man's man and just tell her, hey, you know, I'm not really that interested. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And, and instead they kind of play these these weird games of like, uh, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to feel weird. I don't want to feel bad. So I'm not going to do anything and just kind of hopefully it'll, it'll right. get the hint. Right. Well, you know, a lot of people are also concerned that they don't want to get uh, somebody, uh, what do they call, orbiting them or trolling them, on, you know, being like angry with them because they got rejected. So mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. the easy way is just disappear. Um, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, that it all bad behavior perpetuates perpetuates more behavior so it's better to be honest that doesn't mean like be hurtfully honest like i don't find you attractive you know you don't want to say that but maybe say listen i'm just not feeling it but i I like you as a person if you want to be friends whatever cool and most people won't take up on that offer as we touched about uh touched on earlier but um if you're if you're put in a position where you need to uh it's only fair let's say you know you date a woman you go out with her and you, you have sex with her don't just disappear. I know too many guys do that. Like, okay, I got that. Cause women will think like, okay, he got what he wanted and that's it. And then they mm. take it out on the next guy. So the bad behavior perpetuates more bad behavior and it's just, just not a good thing. Um, let's talk about your whole uh, brand, if you will, Patrick, um, wooing. You sent me some stuff and one of the, one of the things says a wooist is always wooing because that <laughs> is who he is. And it's not what he does. A wooist values his own uniqueness. A wooist loves and respects people, especially women. Wooist lives for adventure, always says yes, but can also say no, follows the path that will lead him to the best memories, speaks and acts on his truth, has over-the-top listening ability, stands against mediocrity, lives life to the fullest. So talk to us about wooing. What is wooing and uh, why is that important? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's a great question. You know, I, you know, when people talk about wooing, they're like, hey, you know, how do I woo this woman? How do I woo this person? To? And what they're essentially saying, in my mind, is I'm not that great of a person. So, or I have really low confidence or, you know, this person could never like me. How do I now say something for this person to like, like me and see me in a favorable way? So that's what, how I see a lot of people seeing it. 
I kind of see as I kind of see it as, hey, what would happen if you lived your life exactly the way that you want to live it and expressed exactly who you are of how you're experiencing that very moment in that particular moment. And and when when you start living from that place and you live at what you, what I call like your most highest attractive self, all of a sudden, you know, things start to happen for you. Now, I'll give you like an example. Uh, one time my friend and I, uh, we we were just hanging out and, and one day we just found this chair on the street and we were walking this chair around and we we, we decided we're, we're going to call this the compliment chair. So we ended up asking people to come and sit down in our chair that we called the compliment chair, and people were like, why are you guys doing this? Oh, because we're having a great time. And people were sitting down, we're just complimenting them. They're like, wow, I I don't know what you guys are doing, or I don't know who you guys are, but I want to know, I want to be part of you guys. I want to be part of this life that you guys have. And Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm kind of talking about. How do we we be um, our most fun, most enjoyable selves, and we start to just bring people along the way into our lives? Okay. That's um, doing. Um, it's a lot of that sounds like a lot of fun. How, how when you're you know so it's being positive. Now I'm assuming you don't mean um, just flattery for the sake of flattery because a lot of women you know particularly beautiful women you say oh you're so beautiful they're like been there done that you know that's you know, that's not how you get over with a beautiful woman. So let's get into some specifics. Um, if you're sure, a shy sure. guy and you have low yeah. self-esteem, which sounds like that's some of the clientele that's out there, which is understandable sure. because you know in our culture. Every bit of media basically tells us, you know, you're not enough or you need this or you need that or, sure. you know, there's, they sell fear and lack and people drink it down. And uh, so what, what, how do you train, how do you guide a young man in terms of meeting, turning, flipping the switch, changing the paradigm and meeting women? Now, I also want to, sure. as part of that, you know, there's technology, and we that's a whole separate discussion. We can get into sure, that. But sure. ultimately, if you agree, you, you know, eventually you're going to get face-to-face with somebody. To make a real connection, you're going to have to be face-to-face. So mm-hmm. putting technology aside, but I would think that when you're training men to have more confidence, you know, it's easy to hide behind, behind texting or swiping, but yeah. you have to be face-to-face. So what do you tell these guys? Give me a, kind of an example. You don't well, have to give away your yeah. special sauce, but sure, how sure. do you guide them out of their shell? Yeah, so, so uh, well, to be honest, I'm going to start to answer the first question. Well, I, I actually haven't really used any online technology at all. So, so that, Great. that might be surprising. I'm not sure. But I, I've never had to. I've, I've always went wherever I had to go, and, and women always kind of appeared. Uh, but, but the one thing that I will talk about in terms of, like, someone who says that they're a shy guy, for instance, and, and the first thing that I always work with them is that it's hard if you see yourself as a shy guy who is terrible with women, number one. And, and we, we create this thing called object permanence around something where we kind of like put this permanent thing around us of I am a shy guy, I am an attractive guy, I am a, a sexy guy, but, I, I, but I'm not really good at women. And, and, and whatever we create for ourselves, I, I have to, I, I, what I'm trying to do is actually let them see beyond that. Because if they're working from that place of, well, I, I'm a shy guy, now I have to work with, like, because I'm shy, how do I handle this? Because I'm, an, uh, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fat guy or because I'm this kind of guy, mm-hmm. how do I work with this now? And what I actually get them to see first is, 
hey, let's look beyond that right. part. Let's let's see that perhaps you're not what maybe that's kind of made up in your in your mind. Because I remember a long time ago when, when when this was going through my mind, I was like, oh gosh, I'm such an attractive guy. Oh, how do I handle this? Then one day, I, I said to myself, well, what if I'm wrong? What if that wasn't really true? And I remember walking down the street and, and thinking and, and trying to look for anything to prove that wrong. And when I started to see, like, women were looking at me, I'm like, whoa, that was kind of strange. Was she really checking me out? Oh, my gosh. She, she said hello. Wow. And all of a sudden, I started to prove this idea that I, I'm a, you know, whatever kind of guy that I thought I was. Let me. That's a, that's great. I like that. So you 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 are helping them redefine themselves, or not allowing them to, to define themselves by their um, flaw, if you will. You know, I'm sure. shy. When you say I'm shy, that's you're reinforcing that you're shy. You want them to say I'm I'm great, whatever or whatever it is. So you get them you get them past the reinforcement of what they perceive as a as a negative. So that's great. Let me ask you this. Um, and I didn't hadn't planned it, but I was just thinking of it. You're uh, you're Asian, and um, yeah. I had another dating expert who was Asian, and uh, he yeah. his whole thing was about kind of uh, helping Asian guys, and a lot of it was helping Asian guys connect with non-Asian with Asian women, but also a lot with non-Asian women uh, because of the perceived you know uh, prejudices or whatever that sure. are rampant in our culture. Do you uh, deal with any of that stuff? And if so. Uh, you know, how do you, how do yeah. you deal with it? Yeah. Well, let's, I, I kind of started, like, like we were talking about earlier, I kind of see myself, n- number one, as a human being first, and then everything else right. as, right. like, other things. So for me, I can, I can say that I have – I've never really dealt with that problem before. Like, I've always kind Good. of seen myself – well, I, I'm like – I'm equal to everyone else. I'm just like we're all made of the same stuff, and and perhaps they will see me as Asian. But I I've never really I've always kind of like um, you know at one point I remember I I, I was like okay well I really like Asian women so I'm only to date Asian women, and then at, some, at another point in my life I was like oh I only want to date white women because I like white women, and then at another point I was like I only want to take Latina women, and all of a sudden I started dating mm-hmm. every kind of woman, right. and I was like oh my god I love women i love all women <laughs> and, and and i was like oh okay well i guess i i guess uh i don't really like i mean i have a specific kind of energy that i like about women but but in terms of women i love them all so well, i guess i, I guess, I guess but, but i can see why people would would um because like the limitation thing that we were talking about earlier i could see why some guys would see that oh well you know, um, you know, like, you know, like uh, Middle Eastern women wouldn't like me or or like Latina women wouldn't like me because I'm this. But that that in itself is all just made up also. OK, OK, I, I, I got you, because, you know, some uh, I mean, what this other gentleman was saying, and it was like a lot of it's not Asian guys, you know, they get, the, you know, good at math, not, not great drivers or something, whatever, you know, the typical <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> the typical nonsense that everybody. Well, well, every, the, the driving thing, I'm not sure if it's true because I I, I actually fulfill that stereotype. <laughs> but you know what I mean? These these old, age old prejudices uh, and generalities that people just throw in. And he was trying. And culturally, like some of it is, you know, how different cultures um, uh, interact with uh, the opposite sex. And then everybody's thrown sure. into America 
and it's a free for all. And I, I noticed, uh, I'll tell you, you know, maybe I'm saying generality. I, uh, my wife is Korean. So, uh, I, I, I have dated every type of woman that there is. And, um, uh, I noticed that when I was dating online, a lot of the, uh, Caucasian women were, uh, who were from the States, they were used to like, you're online, you're dating, you're dating a lot of people. And I noticed with some of the other ethnicities, if you will, uh, or races that, um, it was more like, okay, you went out with me, so let's go out and see what happens. And at first, I was taken aback by that attitude. And then I realized that is a really good idea. And it actually simplified my life. And I actually ended up meeting somebody. And we went out a few times. I didn't go out with anybody else. And I, st- I started to get uh, like, okay, I think she might be, quote, unquote, the one. I went on a couple other dates just to be sure. And then I'm like, okay, no, this is the, this is the one for me. But actually, uh, I guess it's a twofold thing. And it's really, let's, let's put the race, racial thing out of it. You know, there's a lot of people who go online and date, and it's like there's a lot of people who are juggling while they're dating. And then other people just will date, you date me, and then when you're done with me, you date somebody else. And it's almost like a cultural thing. Have you run into that at all, Patrick? And if so, what's your guidance? Well, I, you, know, I, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I'm not sure if I have a real answer to that. But, but yeah, like I kind of noticed for, for me personally, I don't really like the whole juggling thing for, for me personally. Like, uh, like, when I find someone that I really enjoy, I just want to, I want to spend a lot of time with that person. Mm-hmm. Like that's like when I'm trying to juggle everyone, it's like, uh, I don't know, at least, I mean, that's just a personal, personal thing, but some people that, you know, I know a lot of different people who, who like to date a lot of people all at once. And then once they find, um, you know, and then if they find someone from you know, that big selection, then they'll kind of say, Hey, I'm going to hang out this person more, but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a, I don't really have a, uh, a real answer to that. Okay. But all right. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. You're in LA. Yes, I'm in LA. Okay. Um, how would you define? Talk to us a little bit about dating. You know, West Coast style. I'll, I'll give you some context for it. You know, when you're in, like a New Yorker, um, some people say, "Well, I won't go if uh, somebody lives there, you know this many subway stops away. I won't date them or." Or whatever. It gets, it gets, yeah. I've heard that from women, uh, not so much from guys. They'll go, you know, if they want something, they'll go, they'll go to the end of the world. Um, and so anyhow, maybe that's an unfair statement, but uh, I'm just saying from my own experience. But in, I noticed in California, because there's so much traffic, particularly around L.A., that people tend to congregate um, a lot in their uh, where they live. Because if you, any place, number one, any place you go out to is 20 minutes anyhow. So then if you go in from Venice to uh, Malibu or something, you know, that could be an hour based on traffic and everything. So people tend to uh, socialize kind of uh, where they live. So if that's, is that true? Number one and two, what's dating like in, in LA and does that um, proximity become a big issue? <laughs> yeah. That, well, let's see. Well, I, I, well, I mean, my most recent girlfriend, I was like, wow, I'm so glad that she lives close to me so I don't have to go all the way over to the west side. So, yeah, I, I mean, that, for me, I, I did think about that. I was like, it'd be, it'd be a lot nicer if someone was closer to my area. Because uh, in, in L.A., I'm sure it's like in New York, you have these little pockets. And, a lot, and these little pockets right. are kind of like your – I'll call them like your tribe. So mm-hmm. – 
people who are on the west side are a little more like this, or people on the east side are a little more like this. And in, in every area, you have the art district, you have all the artsy right. people. You're like, oh, I want to hang out with mm-hmm. the artsy people. Oh, I want to hang out with the, uh, you know, my surfer friends that live in the west side. And, and yeah, there is this kind of thing, but I don't know if people, um, I mean, of course it would be a lot easier if, if someone were to uh, live close to me. That would be great. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, like, like, like I mentioned before, because I see, because I love all women, wherever I go, I know I'm going to, wherever I go, I'm going to meet someone that I like. So I, I, guess, I guess it's not that big of a deal, really. But, okay. but if you, but if, uh, yeah, but if, you, but if you can, of course, if you can find someone closer to you, that'd be just so much nicer, wouldn't it be, Robert? Got it. Okay. You uh, you have a book out uh, called The Art of Wooing, and um, in it um, you have one chapter titled The Four Types of Women. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about them? Yeah. So so there are like four types of women, and we, like we were talking about in uh, like earlier, like a lot of guys, we spend a lot of time on on women that or, or on women that don't like us, which is kind of like. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the four types, and and the four types are, are essentially well, the, the one woman who doesn't who doesn't want anything to do with you, doesn't you want to uh, doesn't you want to take the time to spit on you, and and a lot of people are like, okay, I'm okay with that, like I'm I'm fine, and then there's another there's another type of woman who who is kind of like showing some interest, like yeah, like hey, I um, I'm I, I'll say I'll say that I want to I want to see you again. I like you, but really I don't really want to spend any time with you. And a lot of people spend a lot of their time spending time with that kind of woman, where where it's like, hey, I want to I, I um I want to I want to keep this person said yes. It looks like it was going well, but for some reason it wasn't going well. And, and a lot of guys spend a lot of time like uh, just chasing after that person. When she was also just kind of afraid of just saying, "Hey, I'm not really that interested." Right. And then, and then, um, and then I have what, and then on the third woman was what I call the fool's gold, which is, um, and and that that's kind of what I call the fool's gold woman. And okay. the next one is the woman who who does want to get in touch with you, but she wants to take things a little slower, and you have to kind of bring out. Um, let her kind of like she's kind of a you know because everyone's also in their own you know society rules and they're like well I don't want to be too slutty or I don't want to move this too fast because I'm afraid like like I've been burned a lot in the past and and there's also that woman who who just wants to take things a little slower and and then there's the the what I and then there's the, my favorite kind of woman the woman who who is kind of like your dream woman and she's kind of the woman who will who just likes you from the very beginning, and she's the one who makes things easy. And I kind of call that the, the one. And that, and she, because she makes things so easy, I actually, it feels like you can call it like you know, some, some kind of divine force threw her into your life. And that's kind of the woman that I always want to spend time with when it's easy. I don't, I don't want to spend all my time playing the chasing game. I want it to be really simple. So that's kind of like the four types. Got it. Okay. Uh, this is Guys Guys Radio. Uh, your host here, Robert Manny, our special guest, Patrick Wu of The Wooist. 
Patrick, we're going to uh, wrap up for now. So um, why don't you tell us uh, one tip, best tip for guys out there who want to kind of get their woo on and then where they can uh, get in touch with you and find you. Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess my, the, the thing that I, I talk most about these days um, is this thing called um, – so we all have this thing called the charmer's instinct. And, and that, that little voice in us always kind of tells us moment to moment – you know, what to do in different situations. So when, uh, when guys kind of start to see that, that there is no one fix, one, one uh, solution to all their dating situations or context, then they're going to start to uh, speak to women in a very natural way. And, and people can also get in touch with me if they want at wuis.com, and they can also just sign up for a free consultation if they choose to. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, listen, it's a pleasure meeting you. I hope we can talk again and we'll flip roles next time. And uh, you did a great job and uh, all the best in your wooing. And uh, thank you so much for being my special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Patrick. Yeah, thank you so much, Robert. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, that's Patrick Wu of Wooist. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do my Guys Guys Guide of the Week. The Guys Guy Radio. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. Um, as I like to say, uh, we like to do a Guys Guys Guide of the Week. And it's usually something that I write about on my website, Robert Manny at robertmanny.com, uh, on my blog. or uh, And it can be wellness. It could be about life. It could be about love. It could be about the pursuit of happiness. It could be about dating. It could be uh, about being a man and how to take care of yourself and how to age gracefully and how to deal with loss and sickness and all the stuff everybody deals with. So I'm going to talk about something I touched on a few times during the podcast over the last couple of months, and that's uh, what was my New Year's resolution. It was called the uh, process of elimination diet. It's something I developed. And the idea of this is to uh, get myself on a, uh, a structured program where um, I eliminate one item of food uh, every week from my diet, and then that's eliminated for the rest of 2018. So the diet I'm thinking of can make th- two different levels. You could do it every week or every month. And I figured, well, if I'm going to do something with this, I've got to be the lab rat. So I said, I will give up something um, every week, 52 weeks. So in other words, if I give up pizza in week 51, that means I only have to give up pizza for a week. If I give up alcohol in week one, that means I can't drink the entire year. So you can have some fun with how you juggle this. And, uh, and, and what happens is what's very interesting is that I thought it would be horrible because there's all these to, to deal with because there's all these different diet items, these food groups and beverages that – you know, you give up and you're like, oh, man, I'm going to start craving that. But, you know, it's only for a week because at the end of the week, then you have to add something else. And then the following week, you're basically jonesing about that a little bit. And then something new comes up. And before you know it, because you're doing this and be, for me, because I, I need to take this thing to the limit, to the 52-week level, um, I've been able to stick with it. I've lost 12 pounds. My energy level's way up. And uh, I think I got, I'm onto something really fascinating. So let me tell you about some of the things I gave up and kind of uh, how that kind of all kind of uh, percolated. So I did give up alcohol week one. 
So I'm going the entire 2018 without drinking. Now, I've drank many other years, so I figured if I can't give up alcohol for a year, then I got an issue with alcohol because it shouldn't be that important. And I'm sure it's good for my body and my liver to take a year off. So no alcohol this year. The toughest uh, challenge I had out with a couple of the guys, and they're drinking beers and, and uh, bourbon in front of me, and then going to a couple of Mexican places and having people uh, drink margaritas at the same table while I'm having club soda with lime. But, you know, once you do it, you do it. So I've given up cookies, which was just a little substitute, because when you usually give up alcohol, you got a little sugar thing going, so you want to replace it. And I immediately replaced alcohol with cookies, so I gave up cookies. And then I started eating some candy, so I gave that up. And then I started eating some cake, and then I gave that up. And then I started eating some pie, so I gave that up. And then I started giving up some of the uh, uh, baked goods, croissants, muffins, and then I decided, well, let me shift gears. I gave up cream cheese uh, because I was putting them on bagels every once in a while. I'm like, okay, well, bagels are going to have to go at some point. But I figured, well, let me take che- cream cheese out of the equation first and then soda and then ice cream. And, uh, again, most of these things were replacing something that I'd given up. And all the way, dotted line, all the way goes back to the alcohol. Then potato chips, white rice which was a tricky one because I like to go out and eat Asian food. And what are you going to do if you're going out to a Japanese place and you're not going to eat any rice, particularly if you like sushi or sashimi? Well, I stopped eating sushi and sashimi um, anyhow uh, before this, so it didn't matter. And uh, though I do like Japanese food. And then the Chinese places I went to, I noticed that the rice is basically filler in a lot of ways. Also the Korean places. And, and I just would work around it. I wasn't as full or bloated after eating those meals. So it turned out to be a good thing. And I gave up brown rice. So I figured, okay, I can, rice is pretty tough. I can split it into uh, chocolate bars and chocolate nibs and stuff like that. Any types of chocolate, because I don't consider chocolate specifically candy because a lot of dark chocolate apparently has a lot of positive effects on the body, but it became my, my go-to. So I'm like, anything that becomes a go-to that's, that's got to go couple of other things let's see cream so in terms of adding to coffee or whatever no half and half or anything like that Uh, you know donuts and scones and uh, then I got into okay let me get a little more specific because I was running out in some ways of foods to give up so I said okay honey I'm not going to add even though honey is not that bad it's still is kind of sugary so no honey no added sugar uh, no added then no added butter so I can eat things. If they're cooked in butter, I can't do anything about it, but I'm not adding additive buttered. Then uh, kind of ice pops, fudgicles, stuff like that, and, uh, and so on and so on. The point is it's doable. I'm tighter. I'm leaner. I feel better. And I, I have to say I don't miss anything yet. I haven't dropped pizza or bagels or some of those starchy carbs, and I don't eat meat to begin with. So instead of giving up meat, I haven't eaten meat in 10 years. So that also made my uh, process of elimination a little more difficult. But I got to tell you, I feel great. My workouts are fantastic. I have a lot of energy. I sleep well. I had given up caffeine about five years ago, um, and I thought, no way. I've never even tasted diet coffee and, uh, or, you know, no caffeine coffee. And once I made the change, it was like I forgot all about it because caffeine to me becomes this kind of, you know, we all love coffee. I love coffee. But it becomes, with the caffeine, it can become a hamster wheel where you need it to wake up and then you drink it and then you can't sleep and then you need it to wake up and then you drink it and you can't sleep. And a lot of people get on this thing where they're 
they have to fuel themselves with coffee. So I switched over to decaf. Decaf lattes are okay, and decaf, just a decaf with uh, almond milk, whatever. And uh, it works. It's fine. After a while, you forget all about that. It's like that when if you ever made the switch from regular uh, soda pop or whatever to diet, you know, initially it's like, what? There's no taste here. And then, then you realize, okay, you make the switch, and then you, your taste buds kind of get reacclimated. And then you realize half the stuff they put into the diet soda is no good for you either. It's almost worse than sugar. So I cut all of that out, except for seltzer, club soda, things like that. Anyhow, my point is um, any type of uh, routines you get into or daily rituals can become really helpful in terms of personal transformation, getting to know yourself, and, and adding to your wellness. So that's my guy's guy's guide of the week. Um, I'm not saying this is for you or it's for everybody, but it works for me. And um, I'll be blogging about it and uh, a lot more. So thanks so much for being with me and our special guest, Patrick Wu, on Guys Guys Radio. And we'll see you soon. As I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.